snow. Come on, where is it? Dave, it's your Idaho Central app here. Any chance you're missing a debit card? Let's get that taken care of for you. With ICCU's card control, you can turn any card off with the tap of your finger. You got it. And back on again. Ow, 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 ow. The closest Idaho Central Credit Union branch is in your pocket. Ooh, the gym. Mold stomping grounds. <laughs> Hank Patterson, fly fishing guide. Riley Smith, tight end. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hey, you wouldn't happen to be the kicker. No, tight end. Again, thank you. I'm looking for a kicker for Lithia Ford's fall kickoff sale. But you're not the kicker. No. Yeah. Now, nah, the kicker's probably taller and in a lot better shape. So, okay. What uh, position do you play? Tight end. Squats. Yeah. Try it sometime. RowPaint.com, the official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics, is going all in this season with an all-star lineup. First up, he led the Broncos to three conference championships and ten 20-win seasons. It's Coach Leon Rice. Next, he's the founder and CEO of RowPaint.com. He played a little basketball in high school on the driveway with his mom. It's Andy Rowe. Oh, no. Want to just paint my house? Now that I can do. When I want Boise State to win, I trust Coach Rice to lead the Broncos to victory. And when I want the best painting and garage floor coating, I trust RowPaint.com to get that job done right. is Bronco Nation News Live. The best interviews, the most informed opinions, the latest breaking news, all from the top Boise State insiders. Today's broadcast is coming from the Cutwater Spirits Can Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of pre-mixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Can Cocktails is perfect for your next game day tailgate party. Now, here's four-time NSMA Idaho Sports Writer of the Year, BJ Rains, with another edition of Bronco Nation News Live. Hey, how we doing, Boise State fans? And welcome on into a fresh live edition of Bronco Nation News Live. We're going to have Jay Tuss joining us here momentarily. And we're going to have Richard Patino right off the bat, the head coach at the University of New Mexico ahead of the game tomorrow. Very appreciative and thankful uh, to the uh, New, New Mexico uh, Sports Information Department and for Richard Patino for agreeing to uh, jump on us, uh, jump with us live. This is to be the third coach we've had uh, jump on with us live. Uh, we had uh, Nico Medved from Colorado State. We also had uh, Steve Alford from Nevada and very excited here momentarily. So if you have any questions for uh, our friend Richard Patino at New Mexico, I know we got some New Mexico fans probably watching this. Uh, Going to have some fun with Coach. He obviously is uh, 
one of our favorite coaches in the Mountain West, was great down at Mountain West Media Days, and very thankful that he has uh, given us some of his time here on BNN. Make sure you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, BNN on YouTube. It's just youtube.com slash Bronco Nation News. If you're watching on Facebook or Twitter, we'd love for you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you can knock that uh, out while you're here. Just hit subscribe, hit that like button, turn on the notifications so you know uh, when we go live, and uh, you'll be treated to shows like this one. We're going to bring in our man, Jay Tuss, sports director at KTVB. Uh, Jay, appreciate you jumping on, man. Uh, game day tomorrow, but a lot of New Mexico talk today. Uh, Coach Patino going to join us here in just a minute or so. Yeah, man. I, I don't know if there's anybody in the Mountain West Conference that's playing as well as New Mexico is right now. So this is going to be a massive challenge for Boise State rolling into the pit. The Broncos coming off a, a loss at home, which means um, I'm not going to call it desperation mode because it's, it's only the final week of January. But um, this is one that they uh, they need to go down. They need to compete. Leon Rice kind of uh, said it after last game, which was a loss at home. You, and you can't afford to lose at home if you want to contend for conference titles. This means that they're going to have to find a way to go out on the road and steal one. And this is going to be probably the uh, – BJ, I think you could argue this is Boise State's toughest game left on the schedule going to the pit. No playing, doubt. Playing New Mexico the way they're playing right now. Well, to this point, you can say it's the hardest game so far, too, in terms of uh, the Ken Palm margin of victory. They're expected to lose by nine points, which is the largest of any game all season. Uh, and, yeah, they're, they're not even that bad in any of the future games as well. So uh, I watched that game against Nevada, man, and they just uh, – Leon Rice's phrase was blitzkrieged them. And it was just uh, super, super impressive what they were able to do. And they're playing – and they're they're uh, rolling on all cylinders, and it's going to be uh, close to a sellout crowd down there, and it's going to be uh, a super tough one. What what do you make quickly, Jay, of uh, what we saw from Boise State against Utah State? You were on the call there on the Mountain West mm -hmm. Network, by the way. I saw a lot of positive praise from Utah State fans about you and Nick Duncan. Uh, folks really? were really surprised Nick Duncan was as impartial as he was. Um, didn't see any I'll fingers flying during the game, but uh, what what'd you take from the Utah State game? A tough one in overtime. I'm guessing maybe it was positive because Utah State came away with that one. But, you know, it, it's it's funny, BJ, because as you get a little further and further away from the conclusion of the game and um, maybe the emotion starts to kind of creep out of this and simmer and now you just kind of start to think more logically. On one hand, yeah, Boise State could very easily be 7-0 and in Mountain West Conference play, right? They just couldn't quite close out UNLV and obviously Utah State. That being said, they were also one um, Shibuzo Abo shot from losing at Fresno. Uh, they had a really gritty, tough effort in the second half against San Jose State. So the league's super competitive right now. And um, I, I go back to, what was it? I think Chris Peterson initially said this. It's never as bad as it seems, and it's never as good as it seems, right? And I think that's just the, the case right now with, with the Boise State men's basketball team. I mean, if they can somehow find a way to go down to compete in Albuquerque, then all of a sudden everybody's going to go back on the bandwagon, right? Yeah. Right now, though, um, it, it's coming off a tough loss to Utah State. And I'll, I'll leave you with this, BJ. I know that great Osibor gets a lot of attention, as he should. Yeah. Really was impressed by Darius Brown in that game, though. A steady presence, makes a lot of good decisions. Uh, I think, I mean, you could argue as much as anybody, he was the MVP of that game. No doubt about it. I was uh, super, super impressed with Utah State, and they deserve a ton of credit for coming in and win. But we're uh, turning the page to New Mexico and uh, looking forward uh, to that. Coach Patino is uh, getting ready to log in here, Jay. I guess they said he's having some login <laughs> issues uh, but uh, we'll, we'll figure out the StreamYard platform here uh, in just a second. But uh, while we're waiting for Coach, shout out Bronco Brew Coffee. Check them out, broncobrew.coffee. And, uh, again, uh, roasted order coffee, NIL deals. You're helping them with every sip. Check them out at Bronco Brew. 
Coffee. Uh, Jay, New Mexico, we're going to bring in Coach Patino here in just a second. But uh, as you said, toughest game of the season, the guards they have. This is going to be a super yep. tough one on Wednesday for Boise State. I mean, I, I've, I've said this for a little while now, BJ. I, I definitely think that this is the toughest. It's not only the toughest game, it's the toughest matchup for Boise State. Their guard play right now is just absolutely off the charts. Uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr. is a guy that I thought might win Mountain West Player of the Year. And and I uh, certainly still can, but you look at the season Jalen House is having, Donovan Dent's having. Uh, pick your poison. Either of those guards are just absolutely incredible. And uh, Dent is has been a pleasant surprise, I would assume, for for the uh, for the Lobos because not only is he scoring, but he's getting guys involved at an incredibly high rate right now. Well, uh, as promised, let's not waste any more of his time. Appreciative of uh, Richard Patino for uh, joining us on the show today, Coach Patino. We appreciate it uh, here in Boise. How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for having me. We, uh, I really enjoyed catching up with you at Mountain West Media Days, and we appreciate you here as you're getting set for uh, the game tomorrow to catch up with us. And, and uh, man, uh, life's got to be good for you right now. You guys are playing well, and, and uh, the pit's rocking again. I mean, uh, life's good down there in Albuquerque right now. Yeah, we're playing well, as I see my my uh, play names for some of my flow. So I'm going to move this over here so you don't <laughs> see them all, so Leon doesn't see it. Not that it really matters, but, no, we're playing um, – we're playing well. Um, it, it's fun. I mean, this community cares a lot about basketball. And um, so when it's good, it's obviously great, you know, and I think you got to be really level headed because the emotions in our building are very, very high. Um, and even when you lose, like we didn't play well versus UNLV and everybody was a little bit outraged at times. And so you got to keep a level head, but it's uh, certainly a fun, fun part uh, environment to be a part of. How do you keep the highs and lows in this conference? I mean, you guys haven't had too many lows, obviously. You're having a heck of a season, but uh, you, you you think you're doing good, then you play a tough team, and maybe uh, you know Boise State loses a tough home game against Utah State. they got to turn around and, and face you guys, and there's never a, a second for you to celebrate a win or move on after all. I mean, you got to just turn the page right away in this league, right? Yeah, I, I tell my wife all the time when I – when I win, I feel like we're never, ever going to lose another game. And when I lose, I feel like I'm never going to win another game. And uh, you just got to work at it uh, because especially social media and all those things. I mean, it just it's so like we're constantly giving out awards before the season's over. Right. And we're constantly saying this is what you're going to be in the NCAA tournament before the season is over. And some, you know, if you keep reading all of it, you can sometimes buy into it. Um, you know, so you do try to keep a level head. Uh, I think our conference is terrific and there's so many good coaches, so many good players that, you know, uh, if you take your foot off the gas at any point, it could all change quickly. Coach, you know, you talk about how good the mountain West is, but you look at what you guys have done in January, six double digit victories. That's tied for the second most in the NCAA. What has seemed to click with your group? Uh, you knew they were going to be talented, but this, they've really turned it on in January, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, playing with a high level of confidence. Um, Jalen House is, I don't know, quiet. Nothing nothing he does is quiet, but I think he's uh, playing extremely well. Um, I told our guys, okay, after 21 games, we're 18-3. and three. We were in the same spot last year. We were 18-3 and three after 21 games. Why are we going to be more confident in this February to March stretch than we were last year. And I think probably our defensive identity is the reason why we should be more confident. We were not a great defensive team last year. Um, we're disrupting. 
Uh, we're blocking shots. We're turning teams over. And there's more balance, I think, on the offensive side of it. You know, I thought the game versus Nevada just we were we were so active and aggressive and we were able to get points off of our defense. You look at um, Jalen House and I, I mean, I know the pits a, a crazy place to play basketball. It almost seems like he's the conductor out there, though. How much does the hometown crowd feed off of what he does? It's a great point. Um, I think they're a, a match made in heaven. You know, our fans are a little bit crazy. He's he's a little bit crazy at times, you know, um, but in a good way. And I think the one thing about Jalen House for the almost three years that I've coached him, there has never, ever, ever been a possession where I have questioned his effort. And I think our fans appreciate that. He, he plays with as high of a motor as any player I've ever seen. Um, and he's just relentless with it. And I think it's, like you said, I mean, to get six steals in a game versus a good offensive team and, and to get our fans going, I mean, I think they're feeding off of the way that we're playing defense. And it certainly starts with kind of the head of the snake, which is Jalen House. Speaking of your speaking of your fans, coach, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I I don't know. I put a, I put a power rankings together about a week ago. I was having a little fun on social media, and your fans, man, they love to defend the Lobos. That they, they, I don't know if I I might need security when I come in the building tomorrow night, but uh uh they they uh they, they were very passionate about uh, what other folks think of the Lobos. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I saw it. It kept popping up on my timeline. They were going after you, BJ. I was trying to. I was going to defend you. Know you know what, coach? I uh, hey, I've I've readjusted. You guys are right there at the top. I, I uh, just wanted to see a little more on the road, and you guys have certainly did that at San Jose, and you guys are right there at the top. But you know, then then it then it spun from team rankings to beat writer rankings, and Jeff Grammer was way higher than I thought he should have been on the list. Uh, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but. I think you, you guys are one and two. Um, I don't know who three, four, five, six, or seven are on the beat writers in our league, but you both do a great job. I mean, you know, it's funny, fans, they, they don't realize half the time you guys are just trying to put together a list to get some content out of there. Um, sure. and, uh, the, and, and that's the hard part, I think, for you guys is you need to declare a champion every week, and it just changes, you know, so um, – Certainly, we've been great at home, uh, lucky to go get some of those on the road because that's the key to any league is win as many home games as you can and see what you can get on the road. Well, I'll tell you what, last year's game at the pit, I don't know for you, but for me, 11 years covering Boise State, and I went to Kansas, so I've been down Fieldhouse 100 times in all the Big 12 venues. Last year's game against Boise State at the pit, uh, the game that went to overtime, was right up there one, two, or three in terms of loudest buildings I've ever been in. It was just electric, and and uh, Tyson Degenhardt hits that three to send it to overtime. You guys win there on the late bucket. Uh, we don't need to get into the baseball stuff that happened at halftime, but just that game in general, what, what do you remember about that? It was a heck of a game. No, let's get into the – no, I'm just kidding. Um, it was so loud in there. Normally when you're on defense, it gets loud, but it got so loud we couldn't call the offense. And that, that was – we kind of changed to more hand signals after that game because uh, just the, the, the intensity in the building. And I think what you said, like, it, it, was, it was as good of a game as I've been a part of. Um, you know, guys were punching, counter-punching. Uh, you know, Degenhardt is a phenomenal player. Uh, the three he makes coming out of the sideline, out of bounds played. Um, then we make a great play. Morris Udazi catches the ball cleanly and finishes a layup. Um, it was just a great offensive performance by both teams. Um, you know, Boise, I've got a lot of respect for just 
the consistency that Leon and his staff they, they've built over time. I mean, that's what coaches want. They want sustained sustained success, and Leon certainly has done that. So uh, we were fortunate to get that win. We needed it. Coach, you brought up your guys' defensive improvement, and I think that when a lot of people look at you know the roster you run out there, everybody is going to focus on offense. But you guys are a hundred spots better in the Ken Palm defensive adjusted efficiency rankings than you were last year. A top 20 team in the NCAA. Is it the Jimmys and the Joes, the X's and the O's? Is it effort? What has led to that massive improvement on, on defense this year? Well, I think at first, when you break down the numbers of last year, it came down to really four games, in my opinion. Now, the two that we lost at the buzzer, shot goes up, we're leading, ball goes in, we lose ball to San Diego State, Nevada. And then the other two would be at Air Force, Wyoming at home when Jalen House didn't play. Those four games cost us an NCAA tournament. Now, every team can go through that at some point and say that. But then you look at, okay, offensively, we're plenty good enough. I don't know what we finished, but we were top 30-ish offensive efficiency. But we were so far off defensively. And we talked all in the offseason. We talked all in the fall about, all right, if we want to take the next step, like we've got to make sure that we ratchet up this defense. Now, personnel change for sure. Uh, JT Toppin can block shots. Nelly Jr. Joseph can block shots. They're good ball screen defenders. Um, you know, so that has helped with, okay, we're going to speed up a little bit and we're going to try to pressure you. But if you don't have great shot blocking behind that, that can always be a bit of an issue. Uh, so I think it's been a commitment, certainly, from the players, the coaching staff, everybody to understand if this is what we want to do to take the next step, this is what we'll have to do. But I also think personnel-wise of recruiting front court guys who could block shots and then bigger guards coming in off the bench, whether it's Jamal Baker, whether it's True Washington, Quentin Webb, Braden Applehans, like those guys have got size. And we were definitely small last year, so we've gotten a lot bigger as well couple of final things for uh, Richard Bettino. We appreciate your time, Coach. Uh, I want to ask you about Boise State, but uh, at Media Days, I was talking to uh, Jamal Mashburn Jr., and I said, what do you like about most about playing for Coach Bettino? And he said, I'm going to give you a real answer. It's because he lets me take 15 shots. Uh, what 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 is it? A lot of people wondered with Dent's improvement, the three of those guys, like how you were going to make that fit, you know, at the guard there. And it's obviously worked outstanding. I mean, three of the best guards in the league, probably the best trio there is. How have you guys gotten all those guys to – buy in to getting their shots, but sharing the basketball and just making that all fit. Yeah, it was, it was hard because uh, House and Mashburn were hurt uh, a lot of the non-conference. So we weren't able to work on all that chemistry stuff to where we just didn't know how it would all work. And we had to kind of dive in on the fly. The biggest thing about whether it's Mashburn, House, Donovan Dent, like if you want to play for me, and I think most coaches, you got to play hard every single day. And um, I struggle with the guys that don't. And although Mash has scored a lot of points, there's been times where shot selection, I've been like, what are you doing? But he's built up so much equity with me because he practices hard every single day and he competes. So, you know, those three guys playing together, there's been a really good chemistry. I think at first moving Jalen off the ball was weird for him. Um, but, you know, you want to have your best players on the court. I think Donovan being more of a pass first guy, compliments those two guys because they're scorers and they need to be scorers. You know, you got to let them roll. So uh, credit to all three of them for kind of making it all work out, work together and figuring it all out and kind of pushing their egos aside. 
Coach, earlier you said that after you win a game, you feel like you'll never lose again. But after you lose a game, you'll feel like you're never going to win again. Um, Boise State's coming off a loss. So the the the, the angst amongst Bronco Nation is kind of towards the, uh, are we ever going to win a game again right now? What just have you seen out of Boise State this year? They lost some pieces. They replaced them. Uh, Dagenhart's back for another year. Omar Stanley's really came onto the scene in a hurry. Uh, the guard play. In, in terms of their shooting efficiencies, hasn't been great. But I'm, I'm just curious, what have you seen out of Boise State so far this year? Yeah, I really like them. You know, I think uh, when you think about scheduling, it's interesting because nobody scheduled harder than Leon and his staff. And they drop some of those games early. And do the fans get impatient and all those? Like, you don't know. You know, it's, it's an inexact science. Uh, but credit to them for challenging themselves. You know, that that's – we want to build our schedule as the program kind of grows, but they've got some really good players. I mean, Chibuzo Agbo, Agbo, we recruited hard. We wanted him. He's a terrific player. He's got size, length. Um, you know, when he shoots it, you're, you're concerned because he really pops up there and can shoot over the defense. Dagenhart, I thought should have been player of the year in the league last year. Uh, Amari Moore is really good, but obviously Dagenhart was terrific as well. Um, Max Rice is very, very underrated. Uh, I think it's because he's a coach's kid. I think that's kind of the way it always works. Um, but he is just, he's really hurt us in the past. Uh, you know, so you've got Omar Stanley, who I was telling my dad he was here the other day. I'm like, you do know he was a really good player at St. John's, right? Um, plays with a high, high motor. So, you know, I think, and Anderson's a really good point guard as well. So I think their record may not be quite as indicative of how good they are because they've scheduled really, really tough. So, a lot of respect for what they have done, the consistency that they've they've built in their program. And those guys are winners. You know, they really are. So it's going to be a tough out for us. Well, we appreciate it, Coach, uh, for your time. Uh, somebody on the comments here wanted you to thank the football team. I know it's a new coaching staff, but them beating uh, Fresno helped Boise State get in the title game last year. So uh, there's some love between New Mexico and Boise State. I, I will walk over and let them know. <laughs> we appreciate it. We will uh, see you tomorrow at the pit. Looking forward. It should be an awesome game. I hear it's going to be close to a sellout again. And my favorite road venue in the Mountain West. Uh, looking forward to getting down there and, and uh, seeing what should be a heck of a game. We appreciate your time, Coach. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. There he is, Richard Patino, head coach at New Mexico. Jay, we always appreciate him uh, for coming on. And, and uh, great, there, great stuff there from Coach. Yeah, I'm, like I said, man, th this team is playing really, really well right now, BJ. I just brought it up, but like, uh, it's not even fact they're winning. They're they're winning decisively. Um, they're they're tied for second in the NCA right now in double digit victories this January. Uh, they they've been just really really impressive, and it will take you know kind of one of those Herculean efforts for Boise State to go get one tomorrow. I mean, I, I love the work that Ken Palm does. I know that you respect it too. So the fact that his metrics are now suggesting Boise State's a nine point dog. I mean, how how much has that line moved in the last two weeks, BJ? Probably yeah. eight points. Yeah, it was more. it was uh two, three, four, and then yeah, it steadily rose. No doubt, no doubt. Let's yeah. take a quick ninety second timeout, Jay. We'll keep this discussion going. We appreciate Richard Patino and everybody in New Mexico for setting that up. Quick ninety second break. We'll uh, continue the discussion. I want to get Jay's thoughts on Max Rice, and we'll uh, get ready for the game tomorrow night. Back in ninety seconds here on Bronco Nation News. All Bronco Nation news broadcasts come from the Cutwater Spirits Canned Cocktail Studios. Check out one of their more than 30 flavors of premixed premium cocktails at your local gas station or grocery store. Cutwater Spirits, perfect for your next game day tailgate party.
Our title sponsor is RowPaint.com. For all your commercial, industrial, residential painting needs, check out RowPaint.com. Don't forget about their concrete coatings. Transform that ugly concrete slab on your back patio in your garage in just one day. Contact RowPaint.com for a free estimate today. The official paint and coatings company of Boise State Athletics and our title sponsor at Bronco Nation News is RowPaint.com. Idaho Central Credit Union has been helping members achieve financial success for more than 80 years. There's an ICCU branch on almost every corner, but the closest is in your pocket with free e-branch mobile and online banking. See why more than 500,000 members love ICCU and join one in four Idahoans by making the switch today at ICCU.com. Since 1984, Ridley's Family Markets has prided itself on being a hometown food and drug store that employed value members of the local community. Ridley's Family Markets has 13 locations in the state of Idaho and many more in the surrounding states. Download the new Ridley's app to your smartphone, get savings up to 40% off at the checkout line, and find a location near you at shopridleys.com. Former Bronco Matt Bauscher is once again the number one ranked realtor in the Treasure Valley. No home is too big or too small for Matt and his team. Let them fulfill all your real estate needs at BauscherRealEstate.com. Back here on Bronco Nation News Live, our title sponsor, RowPaint.com. Make sure you check them out for all your painting needs, ROEPaint.com, whether it's residential, commercial, industrial. Uh, they're the best in the business. We appreciate Andy Rowe and company for helping us have folks like Jay Tust appear on the show. So make sure you check them out, ROEPaint.com. And uh, a lot of positive comments coming in for Richard Patino, uh, Jay Tust. What a cool coach. He knows our players inside out, not by uh, accident either. Samuel is really impressed with all the coaches in the Mountain West, how they carry themselves. Uh, really high class of coaches in the league. Straight shooter. Uh, wish we had him. Uh, a lot of, uh, he's, uh, he's coming in a, <laughs> he's coming in a pretty, uh, quick time frame in a couple of years now. And I don't know if you saw or not, he mentioned, uh, his dad who obviously is now at St. John's and they, he, he actually came. I didn't know the, if he'd go there. I didn't know if he'd go there. They must've been on a break or something. And honestly, I don't remember when it happened, when Omar left versus when Rick, Rick Patino got there. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, as we've talked about, they used him in a different role than Boise State is yeah. using him now. Maybe they just didn't see that. But uh, Rick Pitino actually was at the pit on Sunday when they played Nevada. I don't know if you saw that or not. They must have had a little break in the schedule, and he came out and was sitting there courtside and got a chance to see his son and see New Mexico play. And, and uh, yeah, Omar Stanley could have been playing for Rick Pitino at St. John's. I did ask Omar a few weeks ago if, if uh, you know, he had talks at all with St. John's after there was a coaching change, and he just said not really. It didn't, I don't know if you want he didn't really want to elaborate on it after that, but it didn't sound like, yeah, there was um, maybe as much or enough mutual interest there. So now he winds up at Boise State. But um, that that definitely plays out to Boise State's benefit, BJ, because he has been simply outstanding so far for the Broncos, especially in Mountain West Conference play. One other stat that I did, I had, man, I had a, I had a stat ready to go for uh, Coach Patino there. I didn't, I didn't get, didn't quite get to get it in there. I wasn't but, sure how we were doing on time. Sorry no, about no, that. No, you're good. You're good. You never want to push it too with a, with yes. a coach, you know, in the generosity of his time. I get that. But um, you know, so many people will talk about Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. And when you flip on the game tomorrow, those are going to be the names that Bronco Nation probably remembers from last year. But Donovan Dent is an absolute dude. Yep. DJ, there is there is one human being in the NCAA right now that's shooting over 50% from the field while also averaging six assists per game, and he uh, just so happens to play point guard for New Mexico. Donovan Dent is yep. is a dude. Yeah, I uh, 
Got up at five thirty this morning. Got my story done already for the game tomorrow. So I feel like I know uh, extra extra stuff about New Mexico, and I'm ready yeah. to. I'm ready for this, Jay, but four guys averaging at least 13 points a game, I think it is, and you look at, you mentioned Dent, what he's done, his ascension this year has been super, super impressive, mm -hmm. but even their two big guys, man, like they, they've had to redo the front court as well, yeah. and adding in Nelly Top Jr., Joseph, and Toppin, yeah. and both been great. I mean, they just, their starting five, when they're playing at their best, is, is probably the best in the league. Yeah. Man, it's hard. It's hard to argue that. Um, it really is. I think that Boise State might be able to be a little more physical, uh, potentially when when you look at what they run out there. Um, but yeah, they're they're good, man. And you know, I, I I've thought for a little while now. I thought I put them in my top twenty five a couple of weeks ago, and I wondered if I was going to be a little bit earlier, if it was going to be a hot take. And now you look at the fact they're top twenty, so. Um, I think I was I was on the right side of that thing predicting that New Mexico was going to be good. You know, you pointed this out, BJ. They got a heck of a, a schedule coming up to to wrap up their their conference. And I think it's interesting that the coach Patino also brought up they were in a very similar spot last year when you know some adversity hit in terms of the schedule. So um, you know, they're they're still gonna be in prove it mode. And I, I bet you that also means they're going to be as fired up as ever to to wrap up January with the home victory tomorrow and and head into March or head into February with some serious momentum as they try to chase down that bid in March. I know you haven't been to the pit, but uh, yeah. just your, your thoughts on we're trying to get you there. By the way, here sometime soon. But uh, you're, I've you're been there, but I haven't been there for a game. Okay, yeah, I, with football it, and stuff, it, we peaked in yeah. and everything. But it right. is like it is literally a pit. You walk in and no, you are at the very top. When you walk in, you're at the very top of the arena, and all you mm. do is walk down. It's similar to San Diego State's, but it's darker, and the way the lighting is set up, it feels a little more intimidating to me than San Diego yes. State's. The way it's angled and um, theirs is perfect too, because they have their row of suites and luxury suites at the top, and so they yep. get that, and they still get the seats and. They're leading the Mountain West in attendance, about 12,500 a game. So they're averaging mm -hmm. more than Boise State fits in their arena. I think they seat about 15,000 or so, a little over that. I don't know if they'll quite get there with an 830 game tomorrow night. But I've been to the pit probably five times, Jay. And there was a little time there in the middle where they weren't very good, where they weren't getting huge crowds. And I know Leon said yesterday, oh, it was still always loud, even when they had 8,000. And maybe that's the case. But I wasn't kidding when I said last year's game, when I was down there, like, Every single and watch this tomorrow night, like nothing against Boise State fans, but the difference with the pit is like there's 11 minutes left in the first half. It's 14 to 11. It's a random possession and Boise State gets the rebound and they start dribbling down the court and the play starts going crazy like there's five seconds left in the game, like the constant noise level. You know, Boise State does a really good job at getting up in the big moments, but I would say the pit, there's a constant level of noise. And they're just trained every time the other team has the ball to start making noise. And it is loud and it is really intimidating. And you saw what New Mexico did losing by 34. And again, they're only down nine with like 10 minutes left. You know, New Mexico just bam ends the game on like a 30 to nine run or whatever it is to win by 34. You know, I'm, I'm as optimistic as anybody when it comes to Boise State, but I, I, you know, and maybe, maybe, you know, no one's giving them a chance. And that was kind of my story. Like you look at it, New Mexico has been blowing everybody out. Boise State's coming off a tough loss. You know, there's not a lot saying this game should be really close, and maybe it is, but I just uh, – it, it is a the, – the pit is something special, man, and I think tomorrow night is going to be uh, really tough for Boise State. Yeah. I, I uh, One can wonder if, if New Mexico is peaking right now, and we all know you want to peak probably a month from now. And so – Tomorrow, maybe we get a little clarity on that. Is is this sustainable for for New Mexico? Um, 
I think they got a really good team. I have a really tough time shooting down your argument in terms of their starting five, maybe being the best in the league. The one thing that I think is a, a little bit of a notable difference between New Mexico and Boise State, yeah. both are very good um, defensively. Both have the ability to, to play inside out. But when you look at Jalen House, Jamal Mashburn Jr., Donovan Dent, they can attack shooting the percentages. Yeah, their shooting percentages compared to Boise State's are vastly different. Let's just say that. Okay. Um, but they can also really attack off the bounce. And I think it's an area where Boise State has struggled this year. You know, late in the shot clock, who do you get the ball to that can go create something for you? Or And that might be a, a last-second shot for somebody else. That might be – Way you too know, many Max Rice thirty shot. footer. Way too many Max Rice thirty footers as the shot clocks at one, or or even driving in and and just kind of a a layup that seems like or a you know just kind of a shot that you look and like man that that is a tough shot. Like there, there's not a lot of ways for them to just kind of create at the end of a shot clock and go get a bucket. And I think that you look at what New Mexico has; they certainly have the ability to do it. So I know that we're going to probably get to this BJ, but when we do talk about Max Rice and his shooting percentages and things like that. Yes. You no, know, I do think at times he's being put in a tough spot and being asked to do things that that are are more difficult than the situation that, you know, he was constantly put in last year. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And yeah, we can I, I need to take one more break, but I guess we can talk Max Rice. Um, he Leon talked about it yesterday. We're not going to place the time to, to play the clips. I'll probably play him on the pregame show. Um, obviously, it's an uncomfortable conversation. He's talking about his yeah. kid. He's trying to justify and defend his kid being out there as much as he is. He was quick to point out some of the other things that he does to help the team. He even kind of like was mentioning the other players need to do a better job of finding him better shots. I mean, almost kind of taking, putting the other players uh, on the count for him, his son, you know, for, for Max's shooting percentage, mm -hmm. which is a little bit odd, uh, but I get what you're saying. Like passing him the ball with two seconds on the shot clock and he has to heave one up and that hurts his percentage isn't necessarily or, or nobody yeah. else wanting to take the shot. But I, for my money, though, like 27 percent or whatever it is from two point range this year, I just don't need to see the. I'm happy if he shoots a three anytime he wants to shoot a three. I don't really care if he's five feet behind the line. I've seen plenty of yeah. those go in. But for me, I don't need to see him posting up. I don't need to see some of the crazy underhand finger rolls. Uh, I, that That's the one issue I have is that just some of the shots inside the key. He you know, when he starts backing guys down. I just think he's forcing shots a little bit, and I know he made some of them against, uh, I think it was Fresno. He had a really nice game on some of those. Um, and those were the shots, I mean, and to his credit, like last year they were going in. This year they're just not. It just It is what it is. I don't know if there's anything different other than a lot of those crazy one-handed shots and post-ups and stuff. Last year they went in. This year they're not, and mm -hmm. um, I don't say you bench Max Rice. I think you. No. I'm, not even, I'm not even sure you limit his minutes. You know, Mike, Mike Prater yeah. was talking. Mike Prater was talking about this yesterday. He just wants him to shoot less. And I, I it's just tough because, you know, I think Max would admit he's not the greatest defender of all time. He's, he's fine, but he's not a great defender. Um, he does a lot of other things. I get it. But his main number one thing is to, to make threes and make shots. And when that's not happening, that makes it a little tough. And so it is a very interesting situation. I will say this. I went back and rewatched last year's game because Leon talked about it yesterday. So I watched it. And yeah especially early in the game, he was hitting a lot of those one-handed floaters and stuff against New Mexico. So maybe they try to re-channel re that, have him post up uh, somebody and try to hit some of those or get some guys in foul trouble. The problem is, Jay, you don't get New Mexico in foul trouble at New Mexico. And I'm not blaming the refs. I'm not saying this is just 
it's 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 human nature when the crowd mm-hmm. is going that crazy they tend to call more fouls on the visiting team that's just how it is so if your plan is to get new mexico in foul trouble at the pit it ain't gonna happen it's gonna be the other way around um i just i you know i don't know do, do, do you tell him he has to kind of limit his shots a little bit do you tell him stop posting up uh I don't know. It's a very tough situation, but the numbers are what they are. Mm-hmm. And Leon did admit like, yeah, you got to make shots. And he was 45% from three last year in conference play. He's 29% yeah. from three. I mean, the numbers are not good, um, but do they keep just hoping it'll turn around? Or when do you get to a point where you do have to try something different? I think we're at the point where you got to try a little something different. And I am not of the mind of somebody off the bench is going to play significantly better than Max Rice, guys. Like that, I, that I, I, and that is part can, of the problem. I mean, nothing against RJ Keene or some of these guys, but I, I'm not quite sure they're a better option than Max Rice. I, Max Rice is, is he, dude? The, the guy has 103 career wins. BJ, he's top 10 all time in the Mountain West on the career wins list, right? Um, he is a winner. He does a lot to contribute to Boise State success. That being said, it's also fair to be a little critical that he hasn't shot it that well. You look at his two-point field goal percentage compared to last year, it's almost 100% or 100 percentage points lower than, than it was last year. He's shooting somewhere in like 36% on twos this year. He was up over 45% on twos last year. And so in conference play, it's even worse, by the way. He is uh I, he I was get 40, that. 46.2%, 46 from two last year. Yeah. This year, he's 29 from 46 down to 29 on two point percentage in conference play. And, and so it, it's the same player, BJ, but we have heard that his role has changed and they have different pieces and there is a different approach. So I, I just think you truly have to evaluate how you put him in better positions to find success. And so, um, does Max deserve some of the blame? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. But also, like, there's got to be a way to put him in better situations than, you know, trying to hit fadeaway jumpers in, in the lane with one second left on the shot clock. And yeah. unfortunately, Boise State really doesn't have that Marcus Shaver Jr. type guy that can attack late in a shot clock and, you know, maybe make a bucket or at least get to the free throw line. Um, but when you look at, like, the speed and quickness of a guy like Roddy Anderson, the, the wild thing to me, and, and I'm sure that as Roddy gets older, he's going to get better at this. Yeah. For as much as Roddy drives the lane, um, or when he does, he, he never gets a lot of layups, dude. Oh, he never What's gets that? fouled, but he also misses a lot he of those mi- layups. He misses, he misses a lot of layups, but the guy never gets fouled. And so... The Marcus um, Shaver syndrome, man. They, they just, you're so strong, and you get in there, and they're just not going to give you a call. It was cr- or, or Marcus Shaver, he 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 would be the guy that would go into the lane, and then all of a sudden winds up four rows deep in the stands, to, you know, off of minimal contact at times. But he knew how to draw a foul, you know. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, yeah, you're right, man. He's missed some layups where he's gone up through contact or whatever it might be. But all of a sudden, now if you get the trip to the free throw line, all of a sudden that field goal attempt gets dropped off because he got fouled, so your shooting percentage goes up, and you get a trip to the free-throw line. Granted, he hasn't been great at the free-throw line, but maybe some consistency of getting there yeah. would, would spark those percentages. But I, I just think, for me, that's a big difference with this team. Somebody that um, can really attack you know, late late in the shot clock or something like that, and I think that you've utilized you know, Omar Stanley, Tyson Dagenhart for, for being forwards. They they actually can do it a little bit. But how do you get that inside-out game going to where, you know, they double down on, on Omar and you start kicking it to Max for open threes? Like, 
Man, I, it, it's funny because even we talk about limiting shot attempts. Yep. If Max comes out and shoots 12 threes tomorrow because that, that's what the offense gives him, like, I'm actually not going to be that upset with it. No. So it's just, it, I, I think it's just about putting him in the best position to succeed. I don't know. I would say, I, I don't think the answer is to, to limit minutes. I don't think the answer is to find somebody else that can play his role because I don't think that's the option. Great. But I, I do think of just like, how do we truly get him in the best position to find success? And, and take a little bit off of his plate, in all honesty, man. Like, six-year senior, he expects to be perfect. It's absolutely ridiculous to think anybody's going to be per- uh, perfect in the game of basketball. Sure. So how do you just take a little bit off of his plate to see if he can play a little freer and get the shots that he's more confident and we, capable of making? And see what, that, see what that, that, you know, that eventually um, you know, leads to. Yeah, and we do need to take one more quick break, but I will yeah. say this, Jay. I will say this, Jay. Two things that maybe you disagree with, but I don't think have been great, at least recently. I, when they double Omar Stanley, I don't think he's been great in terms of finding the open guy. He's he's gotten out of the double team with the passes, but necessarily the skip passes and some of that they've made. I feel like the other team has done a pretty good job of recovering. There weren't a lot of open looks for Utah for Boise State against Utah State after they doubled Omar. Like the mm-hmm. pass wouldn't go to the right spot where the other guy was eight. Like the, the swing pass maybe wasn't perfect. So I would say Boise State could do a better job out of the double teams of finding that open guy. And when Roddy Anderson puts his head down and drives, he pretty much goes to the rim and shoots every time. We have not seen a lot of driving and kicking to the corner or driving and kicking out to the wing. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like once Roddy makes that decision mm-hmm. and puts his head down, he's going full speed to the rim. And maybe that's another area where Marcus Shaver was able to kind of in midair or as he's driving, still be looking to find guys. And I know that a mm-hmm. lot of people have said Marcus Shaver really helped find Max Rice some more open looks. Yeah, that absolutely is probably the, the case. Um, Which is not a negative towards Roddy Anderson. I'm just saying no. it was a different different style of play, and Marcus Shaver certainly certainly required the the defense's attention when he drove to the lane, and that, that, yeah. that opened up some other things. I, I just um, – you know, I, I wasn't I, I, straight up. I wasn't at the press conference yesterday. I had other things that I I had. I had You're off. You get an off day. We're fine. Don't worry yeah, about I, it. I, I gotta I gotta be a dad and a husband every you, now you and then. Right? You get an off day. Yes. I don't necessarily know why Roddy's minutes dip so significantly I asked against about Utah that. State. I asked about that. I don't understand yeah. it either. They were subbing in and out Roddy for Jace, even like for offense yeah. defense late in the game instead of putting them both out there together, which I thought worked pretty well against San Diego State. Yeah, and one thing we've heard about Roddy, I mean, you even go back to like the UNLV game. Um, Deden Thomas Jr. is a five-star recruit, and Roddy Roddy was pretty aggressive with him, man. Like, he gave Deden some some serious trouble. I know Boise State didn't win that game, but uh, Roddy was pretty good defensively. And I just go back, and you look at what Darius Brown was able to do. And, um, you know, I know there was one point in time late in that game where he was able to get, you know, Roddy off his feet and get to the free throw line and went and made a couple of free throws. But – Man, Darius was was really really good in that game, and um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if the answer was. People know more about basketball than I do, so this is just a, an opinion that could be, you yep. know, completely wrong and have a lot of holes in it. But I, I don't know. I didn't see a reason why to to play him so significantly less. I mean, he played about. Um, 
seven, eight minutes below what he had been playing in Mountain West Conference games. And that included the fact that Boise State played, uh, you know, in overtime. So, and he you know, did he was, have a bat, you know, uh, his plus minus was like minus 14 or something. Like, I get yeah, it. Like, I, I, I but yeah. I, I never felt when he was out there, he was like hurting the team. That, that that's a tough thing about plus minus man and because yeah. i use it sometimes but really it's only it, plus minus is a stat that only works when it backs up what you want to say like it, I mean, that's the hockey, truth. Man. basketball when there's 150 baskets scored a game right. Right? it's so hard to i mean it's it's crazy to me bj that roddy was minus 14 and jace like was that. Plus I don't know that was exactly but it was something i think like it was i think roddy was minus 14 and jace was plus nine i i called the game my Two eyes did not necessarily justify that that was likely the case, but it was, so whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think, man, I, I just have, I, I just think Roddy's getting close. I, I do. And I, it, it means that he's going to, he's not, this thing is not going to be just this straight uphill climb. He is going to have a game like Utah State where it's not quite as good. But you just go back and, man, Roddy had two buckets early in that game. He did drive the lane and set up Omar with a monster dunk early in that game. Yeah. And so I, he just had some nice things working for him. And guess what? He didn't score after that. Like, uh, yeah, I just, some of those finishes and stuff, you see, man, like, the ball wants to go down and it barely lips out. And I, I know heck, you could probably argue that with Max Rice too, for that matter. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, they, they need, they need more out of those guys. I just, I know it looks critical BJ and I know we got to get to break, but I just want to hit you with a couple stats because they're just reiterate a couple of stats that I know we've texted about, but um, they're, they're not opinions, man. They're, they're facts. They're, they're facts. And as of Sunday morning, 798 players, had attempted at least 70 shots in a conference games and in a conference game. And Max Rice was 794th on that list in terms of his, his field goal percentage. Um, that's not four, good. Four players in the country have shot worse than Max Rice in conference play. I, I got another one that is actually, you know, might be more alarming than that because conference play does matter right now, right, BJ? Yes. And if you want to look at it as of yesterday, um, 46 players in the Mountain West had attempted at least 50 shots in conference games. Do you know who ranks 45th and 46th on that list in terms of field goal percentage? Oh, wow. Roddy uh, Anderson and Max Rice. They have the two worst shooters in conference play. Wow. I, I mean, did you tweet you that? Kinda, I, I, I admit you can kind of make stats say what you need them to say, but. If you look at guys that have some any type of volume of shooting in Mountain West Conference games, so 50 attempts, kind of a flat rate there. Yeah, it's seven, um, but, probably six to seven a game, depending on six the to seven a game. Yeah, so, some type of consistency shooting the basketball. Um, they're the they're the bottom two shooters. And wow. if if you want to go one step further, not that I'm trying to pile it on, Max is a good ways behind Roddy and a long ways behind, you know, number 44 on that list. Who is number so, 44 on that list? I, I honestly, but I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, those are, those are things that you said the starting guards are, were what? 30% or something in conference. 30.5% collectively in, in mountain West games. And for Boise State State. The team, I never realized it, but like Johnny pointed it out in the press, like Boise State's dead last in field goal percentage in the mountain West. Well, dead last dude, in the ball. Dude, I mean, I, I saw somebody tweeted out that yeah, like it's yeah, it's just a guard problem. Well, like 
condescendingly. I'm, I'm sorry, but it is because Omar Stanley and Tyson Dagenhart, um, they actually rank right up there, you know, in, near the top of the Mountain West in terms of shooting percentage. So it it is a guard problem. And I'll still take Buzo, though. I know he had a rough game the other day, but I, I think Buzo and Tyson each need 15 shots a game, and I think Stanley needs uh, at least 10 shots a game. That's 40 of your 55 shots or whatever. You need yeah. Tyson and Buzo, 15 shots each, and I want at least 10 shots from Omar every game. I agree. Those three need to be the that. focal point of your offense, I, and you're I, looking I for them. Looking for them and looking for those guys. And if Tyson wants to come down and have four possessions in a row where he wants the ball, wants to kind of get cooking, yeah. you go for it. Like you watch these yeah. NBA stars, they just dump it down to LeBron and let him have it five times in a row and he starts getting going. Like you want to do it to Buzo, he wants to shoot a couple. Yeah. Like he had one maybe ill advised three at one point in that Utah State game where it was like, ah, probably wasn't a great mm -hmm. shot. But you know what? I'm going to live with that with him because he's going to make more than not. And he did have a rough game. He missed, you know, two or three more shots than he typically does in a game. But I'm still living with that. I would love to see Buzo and Tyson. And the problem is Buzo usually does it early. Tyson usually mm -hmm. does it late. I want to see both those guys from the jump, both halves, aggressive, taking shots. And then you find your spots with Omar down low and getting offensive rebounds and stuff. And then Roddy and Max and these other guys can kind of kind of take what's available. Hey, I, I do think it's there. Um, but you got you got to take a little bit of pressure off those guards to see if you can get those field goal percentages up. And yes. listen, man, I, I know that people think we're being critical, and I and I get that, and it, it sucks. Like, well, I mean, it's they're facts. Totally they a are, positive I mean, human being that loves to point out positive stats. Yeah, but, but they're an NCAA tournament caliber team, and they're competing to get back for a third consecutive year. And it's really really hard to do that, BJ. And if you're going to do it, you're going to be judged at a different standard. And I would love to know how many teams in the history of the NCAA tournament have made it with their guards shooting a collective 30.5% in conference play. It's got, I, it, it would shock me if it's not zero. It, it, it would, I mean, so it's just, they got to find a way to, to bring that up in order to achieve what they're capable of achieving. Because I've said in the past, BJ, this season, a few weeks ago, Omar Stanley, Tyson Dagenhart, Buzo, the way those guys continue to grow, this is a team that's capable of winning an NCAA tournament game. But right now we're also talking about can they get there? All right, I well, mean, the yes. ebbs and flows continue. Final thing, I need to take a 90-second break, and then Jay Tust, Boise State, can and will beat New Mexico tomorrow night if what happens. We'll finish the show. Get your thoughts on that next here on Bronco Nation News. Bronco Nation News is sponsored by Tommy Alquist and Ball Ventures Alquist, Idaho's premier commercial real estate development company. BVA projects specialize in office, retail, flex, medical, and industrial spaces located at some of the most strategic and visible locations in the Valley. Need a developer? Looking for new space? Think BVA. At BVA, we are Idaho's developer. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have proudly been operating Taco Bell restaurants in and around the Treasure Valley since 1969. One of the first to make a seven-figure donation to the Lyle Smith Society. They've also stepped up their support of Boise State Athletics with the Taco Bell Men's and Women's Basketball Endowed Scholarships. The Nicolaisen family and SON management have committed at least $310,000 by 2026. Get more information on their financial support at Boise State Athletics and find information on applying to work at Taco Bell at TacoBellWorks.com. 
Lithia Ford of Boise is a proud supporter of Boise State Athletics and the official car and truck of the Broncos. Lithia Ford of Boise supports Bronco student-athletes through NIL deals, including providing Ford vehicles to Taylor Green and Riley Smith from the football team and Paige Barsh from the volleyball team. Rain's family purchased RF-150 from Lithia Ford. Couldn't be happier with the purchase. Check out the all-electric F-150 Lightning or the electric Mustang Mach-E at Lithia Ford and make sure to check out their full inventory of vehicles at LithiaFordBoise.com. The Blue and Orange Store is the perfect spot to get all your gear for your next Bronco game. The Blue and Orange Store has official Nike apparel, including jerseys, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, and more. Wear what the Broncos wear and get it at the Blue and Orange Store, the second floor of the Boise Town Square Mall, or get free shipping on a $40 order online at TheBlueAndOrangeStore.com. I'm going to be uh, be completely honest, Jay. The more I sit here and think about how Boise State has no business being in the game tomorrow, part of oh, me... Oh, here we go. Part of me thinks they're going to be in the game tomorrow. I mean, I was looking at last, I mean, I watched last year's game. And as I said, last year, New Mexico was 17 and two. I forget what the point spread was, but New Mexico was, uh, you know, the whole game kind of right there. And you kept waiting for them to go on that huge run. And it just never happened. And Boise State hung around. And if you remember, there was an inbounds play with Boise State was down by three. They threw it to half court, called timeout. And then they inbounded it with a great surprise play where Tyson Degenhardt popped out for a three. They tied the game. It went to overtime. It was Tyson Degenhardt's career high, by the way, 28 points last year at New Mexico. And he, he uh, they had a chance to go to double overtime, but they missed a screen on the inbounds. And, and um, they, I forget the big guy last year, but they got an easy uh, bucket with two seconds left. Still, somehow, Shaver got a shot from inside half court at the buzzer, and they almost almost won the game. Um, but uh, all the metrics, all the numbers, just the how both teams are playing right now says this game should not be close tomorrow, which is in the Mountain West, 100%, Jay, why it might be close. What, what, what are you looking at in terms of your keys, and how does Boise State have any chance to pull off the unthinkable tomorrow night? I think one thing they got to do is they got to limit. They, they got to win the battle of the boards, and that kind of is always the case with Boise State. But um, New Mexico is averaging over twelve offensive rebounds per game. So if you get a miss, you have to end the possession right there because they they average over eighty four points per game as a team, and you can't give them second opportunities to to put the ball in the bucket. So Boise State has to be elite there. Um, they got to limit transition buckets. Uh, you, you saw the end of that new uh, that uh, Nevada game. I mean, Nevada was like kind of in it, and then all of a sudden they lost by thirty two. I get wild to me. Oh, thirty four. So, let's get let's get it accurate. Sorry, it was even worse. You turn it off um, with five seconds left. They scored again. Okay, well there you go. Thirty four. I I think that you know one way you might be able to do that is get under the skin of Jalen House a little bit, and he's proven that. Once he gets it going, man, he feeds off that crowd. But it, it can go the other way. And I saw him play. You know, I watched him at Colorado State earlier this year. He kind, you know, he kind of he picked up a couple of fouls, and then he picked up like another like just really dumb foul that he didn't have to. You know, fighting through a screen that was just weird. Like it was because he was frustrated. So how do you get under his skin and make him? You know, make his make his aggression and attitude work against him and maybe the 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 overall crowd. Yeah. If you can do that, maybe you got a chance because, like like Coach Patino said, as much as they throw at you, as good as they are, House is still kind of the head of the snake, and he's been really good off the ball this year. So I think, uh, yeah, how do you get under his skin? And, and, and making sure you end defensive possessions with a rebound. Go get that thing. Don't let 
second opportunity uh, buckets happen for for New Mexico? Because if you do, it's just going to be a long day, man. Are you on the call Saturday? I'm on the call Saturday. Right, Last Saturday, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that Friday, but Saturday's game yeah. against Air Force, uh, seemingly the only you know game you feel you know, frankly, kind of good about uh, right now with with what's on this this tough stretch right here. So that's going to be a a must win, massive home game to yeah. just try to uh, with this stretch they're in right now. So we'll talk about that Friday. But Jay, appreciate your time. I'm yeah. gonna I got a couple more comments I'm gonna get to here, but we'll let you roll. We we appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping on as always, and we'll be watching KTVB and you and Brady doing a great job, and we'll be uh, keeping track and and uh, big one tomorrow night at the pit, man. Appreciate it, brother. Have a good one. There he is, Jay Tuss. Hey, don't forget, make sure to join us for the – we're over 60 people. 61 people, I think it is, are now coming. We're going to take over this entire place. They were going to give us one reserve pool. They might have to give us two. There are six pools at Circa. We may have to just take over this whole place. Email me if you want to come, reigns at bronconationnews.com. It's semifinal Friday of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We'll be doing our show out there. Uh Prater and Johnny, KTIK 95.3, the ticket will be doing their show out there. If you're staying at Circa or the D, it's free entry. But if you are not staying there, it's like a $50 cover charge. I can waive that and get you in for free if you email me at reigns at bronconationnews.com. So if you're going to the conference tournament, everybody's going to be here. This is going to be the event of the weekend. Watch all the games, have some food, some drinks, hang out. If you've never been to Stadium Swim, it is unbelievable. I highly recommend it. And, uh, again, free entry if you email me, reigns at bronconationnews.com. Also, don't forget, we're giving away a private jet trip for two to the final game of the season again uh, in San Diego. Make sure you are a yearly subscriber, BNN 50 deal. I'm meeting up here shortly with the uh, folks that won the uh, smoker to give that to them. So uh, BNN 50 deal, make sure you subscribe. Yearly members are entered into all of our weekly contests and our grand prize coming up in a couple of weeks, a trip for two on a private jet down to see the San Diego game at the end of the season. So thanks to Ridley's Family Markets, Bowser Real Estate, the Blue and Orange Store, and Cutwater Spirits for sponsoring our trip. You got to be a yearly subscriber. Jump in now, and that gets you access to all Mike Prater's columns, my columns, all of our exclusive shows. You get a daily email as well. So very appreciative of those of you that have already signed up, and hopefully uh, – other folks will uh, will sign up here uh, shortly. Nate says, uh, dangerous territory for BSU. Coming off a loss, potential loss tomorrow, some tough road games ahead. The season could go sideways quick. But would it? I mean, if you lose three of your next four and you're six and five in conference, yeah, it doesn't look good. But then they could win their next six and be, uh, you know, uh, 12 and five going into the last game of the regular season. So uh, I get it. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that we all knew this tough stretch was coming. Beating uh, beating Utah State would have would have made things a little bit easier. Certainly, that's a tough um, a, a tough one to lose at home. To lose to UNLV at home certainly was tough as well. I mean, this, they should have really been seven and zero in conference play going into this game. You got to be kicking yourself, your Boise State, to lose those two games. But uh, three of the next four on the road, probably going to lose all three. It is what it is. But uh, they still have a chance to to uh, win six in a row after that. Win some home games. Still beat New Mexico and Nevada at home and then go to San Diego State to close out the regular season. So, um, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think if you could steal one, it'd be great, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you go down and lose tomorrow at the pit. You just want to kind of keep it respectable if you can and not do what Nevada did and lose by 34. So appreciate you guys for checking us out. I've actually got to get going to the airport here in a little bit, flying down to Albuquerque tonight. I went on uh, Jeff Grammer's podcast, by the way. We've got some good reviews from that. If you want to go check it out, I retweeted it. It's on Jeff Grammer's uh, from the Albuquerque Journal, his Twitter feed as well. But I uh, enjoyed talking about Mountain West basketball and 
and uh, beat writers in the Mountain West and everything. So check it out, uh, Talking Grammar podcast uh, with Jeff Grammar. I was uh, thankful that he asked me to come on and looking forward to getting down to uh, Albuquerque and having dinner with Jeff tonight. So looking forward to that. We'll be live tomorrow morning from Albuquerque, 9 a.m. with John Mallory and myself. And then I'll be live from the pit at 7.30 tomorrow night with the Lithia Florida Boise pregame show uh, there at uh, the pit on Bronco Nation News YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter account. So Thank you to Jay. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. And uh, go support the sponsors, folks. We cannot continue to do these shows and make them free of charge on YouTube if you're not uh, supporting the sponsors and thanking them for their business and and uh, subscribing as well. So appreciate you. Go subscribe, bronconationnews.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning from New Mexico. Again, big one for Boise State, uh, traveling down to the pit to face the Lobos. And we'll have full coverage all day, bronconationnews, bronconationnews.com. Have a good rest of your day, everybody.